0: Happy 4th of July and welcome to the Reality Check Wrestling podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Rob, and with me is my co-host Jansen. How are you on this fine America Day?
1: Feeling very patriotic like I'm a, like a like I'm a real American.
2: Dun, dun,
0: dun. Uh yeah, I wish we could like add that music into the podcast <laughs> somewhere. Just just cuz it's fitting. It, yes. It's absolutely fitting. So yeah. But I shared a I shared a video right before we started recording anyways that you know it was uh Hogan, like the music video for Real American and, and it just says happy fourth under it. <laughs> so yeah. Patriotism. Thanks. Woo. So, but yeah, uh, if if you guys end up liking our show, please make sure you rate and or subscribe whatever your podcast app allows you to do for us. That way you can come back and listen to us talk about wrestling each week. You can also find us on social media by searching The Reality Check on Facebook or at reality underscore check underscore wrestling podcast on Instagram. You can also find me on my personal Twitter at Legion Cage. That's L-E-G-I-O-N-K-A-J-E. I also do streaming on the side. You can find my channels on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Legion Cage and on YouTube by searching Legion Cage. Uh, Speaking of streaming, our podcast is brought to you by our friends on Twitch, DragonLily21 and Skeledud. You can find both of them on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash DragonLily21 or Skeledud. That's S-K-E-L-L-A-D-U-D. Obviously, in the world of wrestling, you know, uh, right now, a big thing that happened this week is going to be uh, uh, what I'm dubbing the Great American Fighter Fest because there is no war between NXT and AEW. Yet, AEW announces that Fighter Fest will be done instead of a p- free pay per view this year. Uh, or, no, Fighter Fest wasn't a free pay per view, it was Fight for the Fall, and that was a free pay per view, right? Yeah. Right. I don't know. I don't Anyways, instead of it being a pay per view, it will be two episodes of Dynamite back to back weeks. That was announced quite a while ago. And then all of a sudden, magically, WWE's like, hey, the great American Bash is coming back. It's going to be a two week event on Wednesday nights. So, but there is no war.
1: Yeah, and, you know, never mind the fact that Dusty Rhodes created the Great American Bash, so, you know.
0: Although Cody did go on record stating he had no problem with them using
1: it. <laughs> okay, tell that to you the shirt that he wore at I Fest.
0: <laughs> I do believe, yeah, I did really like that shirt, um, but uh, even Veronica pointed out the fact that... Um, that it was, uh, that was definitely gonna, that was definitely like that slight dig back because that was the original, <sighs> Great American Bash logo turned yeah. into an American Nightmare shirt. So, the yeah, but there is no war, <laughs> none at all. No. Um, so I mean, let, let's let's get into let's dig into AEW a little bit, um, here. So, uh, the show opened. Um we got Jericho on commentary, which is always a fantastic thing. Um mm-hmm. except for when he starts screaming incessantly. Uh you know, when it's not called for. When it's called for yeah. fine, whatever, but you know. Yeah. Um he comes out in yeah. wearing the literally the most Canadian jacket ever. Um which is entertaining. Cause it was on it was on Wednesday the first, so and that was that was Canada Day. So it was definitely appropriate. Um, but then we have uh, the show opener, we got a tag team match between Jurassic Express and MJF and Wardlow and MJF comes out wearing a Snuggie, basically like yeah. it, this bright pink Snuggie looking thing um, that someone threw together in about 30 seconds it was weird Wardlow either had the worst sun uh, spray tan or was sunburnt to all hell, like Did did you see that? Like he was, he was red. Yeah, yeah. Like, so like that—that was just really weird. Um, but overall, I mean, I I thought it was, I thought it was really good match. I'm a huge fan of Luchasaurus. Um, I I I like MJF a lot as a heel. Uh, I, I like Jungle Boy. I don't know if I'm necessarily sold on Wardlow, but I thought it was a real solid match.
1: I think Wardlow's is going to be surprising, and I I'm actually looking forward to because they've hinted at the in, at the breakup of MJF and Wardlow a few times, and it kind of came to that during this match too.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It'll be nice to see what yeah. he, what he's like without being a lackey, you know.
0: And the, the thing will the thing will be. You know, he's got that look, he's got that power, there's talent. Can he hold himself in the other part of the business, which is the microphone? Which is probably why they put him with MJF in the first place. Because MJF is good on the mic. So they, by doing so, that will hopefully maybe get some of that to rub off MJF. I mean MJF's still very young, very fresh into the business, honestly. But he is I don't I don't think anyone would argue he's one of the best heels out there right now. And it's just okay, so we need you to teach him how to do this kind of stuff. And yeah. hopefully that will work out for him in the end. Um, but it, but as you mentioned, they are alluding to the to the eventual breakup. Um, Jurassic Express did pick up the victory. MJF um, went to hit was it Luchasaurus with the dynamite ring, and he went to hit one yes. of them with the dynamite ring that Wardlow was holding.
1: Yeah, it was Luchasaurus. And,
0: okay, and then Luchasaurus escaped. And he almost whacked Wardlow with the ring, and then MJF instead of you know, turning around, getting the person that just escaped from them, started yelling at Wardlow like, you can't do anything right, you can't even hold him and Luchasaurus then kicked MJF's arm, sort of. So he ended up whacking Wardlow with the ring. And then uh that led to Wardlow getting pinned uh by Luchasaurus. So but yeah it was overall uh I thought it was a really good match. But again, I, I was definitely a fan of three of the four people in the match. And one, I'm not like – I don't dislike him at all. I'm just I, – I don't know enough yet to make my decision. Uh, there, so. His
1: finisher is fantastic.
0: <laughs> his, his finisher is also called the F10 where it's I basically know. an F5. But instead of pancaking them to the ground and falling with them like Brock Lesnar does, he just literally, like, tosses them in the same motion and lets them fall. No. He, but there he, is there is no he war He tosses them like WWE. it's
1: SmackDown. Ver- SmackDown, here comes the pain. Okay? <laughs> there was an F5 in one of the games where, like, you base like, what he does. Like, where you just chuck them. Like, and that was mm-hmm. my favorite. Because, like... You know, some of them like look really good, but like when he just like chuckle, it was great. But you know, Wardlow, being the size that he is, I mean, like he like you know spins around and then like basically like disc, you know, like discus tosses him, mm-hmm. and I mean it's impressive. And then, uh, oh yeah, for sure. Well, and you know, and the fact that like you know like. AEW has a lot of big guys that can move extremely well. And Wardlow's one of those. I mean, like, he did that step up, uh, Karana. He's done it the past two weeks. Uh, he did like a swanton. Mm-hmm. Uh, that swanton
0: was very impressive.
1: Like, yeah, and it was like halfway across the ring. Like, I mean, like, dude can go in the ring. I mean, I. I would like, I mean, if if you're afraid of his, uh, of him being like that, then Adam DeTaz is stable.
0: My God. Cage and Wardlow together? Yeah. Like, no one would legitimately, like, but, I mean, you know, again, it's wrestling, so you have to suspend some disbelief, but no one would actually ever be able to take out those two guys.
1: I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, that would be... That would be good.
0: Yeah. Uh, So the next match was, um, apparently I wrote Shido versus Shida. Uh, Hikaru Shida defending against Penelope Ford for the AEW Women's World Championship. And can I just say, like, I think I've discussed it before, but the more and more I see that belt on television, I just think it's an ugly piece of poop.
1: It is tiny, and... It's,
0: it's tiny, and, I mean, there there is a, literally a, a five-foot-tall Japanese woman wearing it who weighs about 90 pounds soaking wet, and the thing still looks tiny as F. Like, why does that belt need to be that small? I don't know. It's just... Ugh. I don't know. I I think they need to replace that. But anyways. um, So Shido defended against Penelope Ford. And I have have a couple big qualms with this match. And it might not necessarily be either one of the competitors' faults. But either... Either there is no microphone under the ring... Like, WWE uses. But I I heard a lot of stuff, you know, from other matches, too. The producer, whoever produced that match with them, didn't do a very good job of, like, getting those hits to look real. Or the ladies were really scared to hit each other. Which I would hope would not be the case. But, like, trying to get into some of the hits slaps that they were doing to each other and I'm he- like there's there's no effect there's like it almost looks like they they wound up like a super punch and this kind of like because eh. yeah. there, there was there there I felt nothing behind it 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 really took me out of that
1: match I mean like there was there's the other elements to this match that like highlighted I think it highlighted Penelope before a bit more which was good. Oh, um, I would agree. Uh, I mean, like it, it did its purpose. And, and uh, I think, I think somebody on commentary said, you know, like, you know, that, you know, this is the
0: the best match Penelope
1: Ford's ever yeah, had. She, she didn't, she didn't lose because she's made a name mm-hmm. for herself, you know, yeah. but yeah, I mean, like, and I was would some, agree. There were some, some moments during that match that was just like, okay, this is a little comical. like, when, Penel- like, uh, there's a spot where Penelope Ford had, like, mounted uh, Cheetah and was, like, giving, like, just punching her in the face, and it was just, like, I mean, the camera work wasn't very good to hide the fact that she was about, you know, three to four inches away from her head, you know, and...
0: Oh, yeah, I remember that. She was, I, I think she was, like, doing, like, some forearms, and... Uh, Jericho or Excalibur fun. was like, oh yeah, she's hitting her in the face, like she's whapping her in the face. But you could definitely see she was like hitting her in the top of her chest slash bottom of her neck, like her she was nowhere near her actual face. Yeah, and it was because of the way the camera was. Yeah, um, that was a poor choice on camera angle for sure. Or I mean, or the fact that she could have been, you know, actually like doing to her face instead of instead of her chest, but. Yeah. 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 No. It, it, and and I I do agree with that that sentiment that they said this. You know that she she didn't lose. She still won because she made a name for herself. I I knew very little of Penelope Ford going into this. I had only seen like a random match here or there type of thing. Um. And overall, other than the the qualm I have with the fact that the hits just looked really weak everything else everything else I thought was pretty good. Um you know, they 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 made her look really strong. Like really strong. She kicked out of two Falcon arrows, I think. Yeah. She she ended up having
3: to just well, get a, a shiny
0: wizard to kill her.
3: The the what reversal
1: that? of that Falcon Arrow was really well done.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Turned into like a roll up. Yeah, where, yeah. So like for anyone who didn't watch it,
0: she, um, Sheeta, picked Penelope up in a suplex position and then slammed her straight down in front of her with a sit out, and that, that's that's a Falcon Arrow. And then she like grabbed her legs and brought him to her to like roll roll her up for the pin. And I think it I think it got like a one count, and Ford like you you know rolled backwards through Sheeta. And got her in a pin. It was it was it was very impressive and and very, uh, you know I'm sure it's been done before, but it was fluid, it was, it was good, yeah, yeah, real solid. Um, but uh, Shida did retain, uh, obviously, so she is still the current women's world champion. Um, and it will be interesting to see who her next contender is. Um, simply because I don't think they have anyone directly in backup. I mean, the only other woman on the show the entire evening was Britt Baker. And she's injured. And she was just sitting in her box. They didn't really show her that much. They just kinda like referenced her being there a few times and they showed her during like the best friends entrance and that was about it.
1: I So
3: I
0: wanna see Big Swole get a push
1: because I like
0: her. <laughs> I think that kind of would have been their original plan because like Big Swoll is still in the program with Britt Baker and I think had Baker not got injured she probably would be women's world champion by now and that would have led directly into a Swoll uh Baker feud. Yeah. Like honestly I think I think I think it would have been Britt Baker facing Nyla Rose back at Double or Nothing. For that championship, so it's
3: possible, yeah.
0: But um, and it's 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 interesting to see too. You think about think about that. So, Sheeta won the title from Nyla Rose, and because and Nyla Rose was like gone for a couple months. I think she had pretty much opted out because of the um, uh, because COVID. And, and I I don't know. Maybe maybe she has other things. Maybe. You know that make makes her immunocompromised. I mean, Nyla Rose is a transgendered wrestler. I don't know if that could have a, an effect on that. If uh, you know, it, does COVID have anything? You know, we don't. The world doesn't know a lot about COVID still. So yeah, I mean, it was probably smart on her behalf to to opt out, despite the fact that she was the champion. And I mean, they they respected her enough to uh, let her opt out for the time being versus just stripping the title off of her, like some companies. Um, mm, yeah. You know, there's, there's my AEW shot against WWE. Um, but, you know, so she comes back and then I figured she'd come back, she'd lose that title. And then she was probably going to opt it out. Well, Nyla Rose is set for action next week. So um, I'm not entirely sure of their thought process there. Maybe, maybe, maybe they can, maybe that was originally the plan. And now they've convinced her to come back and wrestle on the regular again, because they're going to need someone to go after Sheeta for the time being. So I don't know. it will it, be, it'd be interesting to see. Um, so then we had the, the TNT championship match, which I thought would have actually been a little bit later in the card. Honestly, um just cuz of how much hype they've been putting around it
3: yeah um
0: or or maybe maybe with the announcement of uh Moxley being quarantined would have maybe even been pushed back pushed till like night 2 but uh sure enough three matches in we're getting Cody versus Jake Hager for the TNT championship and um uh, of course, you know Jericho's on commentary, putting his boy over, and all this kind of stuff. And uh, it was it was a very solid match, I thought. Um, what yeah. About it? Uh, well, I mean, it wasn't anything like super spectacular, but it was it was an incredibly solid match.
1: It was it was solid in that they did what they always what they've been doing with Jake Hager, and like billing him as this like monster. Hmm. Um. Like, just, I mean, like, basically, like, like absolutely no-selling stuff and and going around and just demolishing Cody for most of the match. And, I mean, but <clears throat> the end of that match just felt so weird to me. Like, I mean, I felt like the, the match itself it was pretty, pretty good. Not the best TNT match yet, but not the worst either. Um... But does the does the worst go to the Ricky Starks match? Yeah, I mean, and, and again, that it that's just because I I just think that their timing was off, you know, and I I don't know how how much time Ricky Starks had to prepare and all that stuff. I'm not saying I'm I'll reserve judgment to see if if he's any good or not, but mm. but I mean, yeah, that that match was probably the I mean, like. Of all the ones they've had, I mean the Jungle Boy one was great. The Mark Quinn one was great. So but I mean this one's <clears throat> this one was pretty good, pretty solid until the end.
0: Yeah, and it was it was a weird finish. It was one of those very um controversial type finishes, if I remember correctly.
3: Yeah. Um,
1: basically the finish saw and Spoilers to any of you that, you know, come on. If you're listening to this (laughs) right now, Um, uh, basically, the finish saw uh, Jake Hager locked in his triangle choke, uh, standing arm triangle, and brought Cody down to the mat. But when he brought him down to the mat, Cody was on top of Jake Hager thus pinning him to the mat and his shoulders were down. Well, Jake, like the, like, I, this is where it it gets super wonky because the, the ref clearly slapped the mat three times, (laughs) like within inches of Jake Hager's ears. And Jake Hager gets up and does the normal Jericho thing. Whenever he used to think that somebody had tapped out of the Walls Jericho, and he's like, "Oh, I won! I won!" But Cody's music's playing, and like the rest of the Nightmare Family is in the ring, like, like celebrating with Cody. And Jake like turns around, and the refs like, he, like, "Like you lost, dummy! You lost, dude!" And he's like, "He tapped out," and they're like, you know, "Like, like, did you think that like the refs hand?" Was
0: going one, two, three. Yeah, you think like, that was
1: a tap out. <laughs> I don't know. Like it was just very weird. But then it obviously it clearly set up a a suspension angle, which we ended up finding out mm-hmm. on Thursday uh, that that was the case. Um, that oh, yeah, cause
0: he popped that ref good.
1: <laughs> well, and the uh, the other thing too is like it was like a brand new ref. Did you notice that? Like it was a rep yeah, I it was a never I had not seen in AEW. So it was like, oh, like something's gonna happen here. Uh, uh, yeah,
0: I'm a, I'm assuming probably like one of their unknown um, talents that they either found locally or maybe have signed to whatever their version of a developmental contract is. Someone who can, someone who can take, you know, that type of bump. Because he even looked weird, like. The, it's it's almost like they. It, to your point, this is this is someone we've a ref we've never seen before. Something just looks off because you, did you notice his his ref clothes were about three sizes too big for him? Yeah, like so, like he was wearing someone else's ref clothes. He what this is this is not his referee outfit.
1: Yeah, so uh, Hager just decks him. And knocks him out, and then immediately, every ref in AEW... Like, I love how, like, uh, like most of the other time, like, the ref will get hit, and then, like, there'll be, like, a solid 15 to 20 minutes, it feels like, before the refs come down. Like, it was, Mm -hmm. like, legitimately... The dude hadn't even hit the mat yet, and all the refs were in the ring. But, and then they sent Jake to the back, and he took his his wife with him and that was it. So, but he's suspended supposedly without pay indefinitely um, or whatever the case may be. Or until all out. Probably, (laughs) probably it's, it may be because he's got training to do for a Bellator fight or Mm. he's got something, you know, like that's probably what's going on there. But can we just take a moment and realize that at this moment, inner circle is Has two of its members is uh, legitimately planted. just Jericho and the Pride <laughs> and Powerful,
0: mm-hmm. which, ironically enough, we're involved in our next match.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So, uh, Orange Cassidy at this point comes down to uh, commentary just to <laughs> just to make Jericho mad.
1: Now, on he commentated.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: He, um He was a guest commentator. Who yeah. said nothing.
0: That's all he needs to say. I know. Well, the 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 best thing about it was so last week on Dynamite, uh Cassidy and Jericho had this fantastic brawl. Um and at some point, I'm assuming probably because Jericho was wearing a leather jacket that had zippers. At some point, um Cassidy's ear had got sliced open and he was like bleeding like all down the side of his face and on his shirt had to get three stitches to get it taken care of apparently according to the AEW graphic so Cassidy comes out and you know they they do the thing where he kind of like pauses on the ramp uh, you know and the camera's on him and he's still wearing the same bloody shirt from last week because it was a white shirt with his face on it so the blood obviously very easily noticeable so yeah he comes out and he's wearing the same shirt from last week that has the blood all over it um that was awesome
1: um but then we get treated oh and the graphic says you know Cassie had received three stitches in his favorite ear Mm -hmm. i forgot about (laughs) the
0: favorite ear part yeah 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 um But yeah, so they, you know, uh, then we get treated to a private party with Matt Hardy. Um, No, it's the Hardy Party. It's the Hardy Party (laughs) Uh, versus Santana and Ortiz. And um, this match, uh, don't get me wrong, I like the tag title match, but this
1: match was better. Oh, I agree. Um, Wholeheartedly. I mean... Like, Santana
0: and Ortiz are proven amazing like and private party these guys are studs
1: like and i i like the build for them right now mm. i like that matt i like that matt was like you know what i'm not just gonna be like broken matt and take over this entire company <laughs> like which he could you know he could like you know he could have like been like I- i'm a big name like let me go do this stuff like the fact that he's like legitimately like i mean it like i've met the dude and he's like a down to earth guy like i would ve- i would venture to say that this guy like that this the person that we see like him like wanting to like legitimately help you know this young group to be better is probably 100% like his call mm-hmm. you know it wasn't like uh hey matt can you you know can you do this and he like fought it like i think that he legitimately wanted to do that now, I will say that did you did you get some like major like Michael P.S. Hayes brood vibes coming from Matt Hardy when he came down with with private party because that red velvet shirt looked like it came straight out out of Hayes' <laughs> closet.
0: Um. Kind of, but i think I think it was a smart call because it was it was obviously being a throwback to you know extreme matt team extreme matt, and um that's what you know that was what made Matt Hardy famous was the hardy boys yeah. that tag team so um but the uh coming down with private party being acting as that like mentor uh person for them and like being being in that persona for it yeah uh what i i think i think was this was smart call and and did you notice now they didn't do it in the corner like traditional poetry in motion. But did you notice that, um, private party pulled a poetry in motion?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and I think, I think, I think, uh, JR even on commentary was like, like, Oh, look like the Hardy to just paying off or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, using a move made for, famous by Matt and his brother. Like, I love how like a W is basically just giving like zero dimes. About mentioning Jeff Hardy, because they're like, you're going to be here eventually. Yeah, pretty much.
3: <laughs> I mean, it's, it's
0: really what it boils down to. It's just that it's it's, it's going to...
1: It's a matter of time. Like, it's, yeah. not,
0: it's just a matter of when, not if. He just needs to stay healthy so WWE doesn't freeze his contract again, because you know darn well that's what they'll do, is they'll freeze his contract. Yeah. So, um, but yeah... Yeah that that match if if anyone listening doesn't get a chance I mean there were three this was a tag team heavy card for night 1 um honestly like private party versus uh going going over Santana and Ortiz uh private party did pick up that win um if you get a chance to go back and watch any match from this card um I would honestly I would honestly recommend it uh, or this match, specifically, I mean. Um, so, what was left is the main event, but there were a couple other points that I did want to talk about that happened, you know, just kind of like in, in segment-wise. Hey, you be quiet over there. I didn't see the price tags on it. uh yeah sorry we're conducting we're conducting side business, and you're right those, those are decent prices for the box schemes yeah anyways, sorry uh I'm distracted, <laughs> like we've gone from being a tangent to being distracted straight up full on distraction thanks, Adam. He won't listen to this podcast, but it's his fault um
2: <laughs>
0: but yeah, so okay. The um uh damn it. Sorry. <laughs> Alright, so there was this weird Darby Allen pro. Um uh, I-, I didn't get it. Like I get it, he's not medically cleared, so he's just doing his stuff. But so the the promo starts with Darby Allen being like, What do you mean I'm not medically cleared? You think I'm gonna sit around on my, you know, beep all day? Uh so he just you know skateboarding apparently he's got like a skate park in his Backyard or whatever it looks it looked like a homemade skate park Uh and he's skating around he's doing um he's doing all kinds of like stunts And stuff there and there were some very impressive things but at one point He set he has someone set him on fire No uh, he set
1: somebody else on fire
0: I I thought it was him like at first I thought it was someone else and then I Thought then I'm like
1: no that's him I don't think it was him
0: Okay well, anyways, he's just doing weird stuff, and then, like, the promo just kind of ends. I'm like, what did we just watch?
1: Uh, I mean, I think unless, it unless like it's a that.
0: promo for him being in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remastered, I don't really care.
1: I'll be all right with that. But I think that's who I'd play as all the time. Um, you think what? I'd play as Darby Allen all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but George. I think it's probably just one, one of those things, like, hey, remember this guy? You know he's going to be a big player, so we need to keep him fresh in your mind. And that's
0: and and that's fair, and I suppose that was probably the overall point of the of the promo. I just I don't know.
3: It just was kind of weird.
0: Yeah. And then the the big promo was Taz and Cage coming out, and. Taz getting on the mic and talking about Moxley and and earlier in the evening they had done a video promo where he had broke down um, Moxley's paradigm shift and basically said that there would be no way he could effectively put the finishing maneuver on Brian Cage because how big he is uh, which I, if anyone's ever watched Moxley hit his double arm DDT half the time he doesn't hook his hands properly so it doesn't really matter how big his shoulders are but anyways um so Taz comes out and he goes through all this stuff they um i, I believe at this point they had announced that um the match was going to be pushed back another week and instead of on night 2 of fighter fest next week defending the world title against cage Moxley would defend it in 2 weeks at another dynamite where they're going to call it um
1: uh, fight for the Fallen
0: Yeah, Fight for the Fallen, thank you um, So And that makes sense We all kind of knew that that was probably going to be a possibility John Moxley's wife Renee Young works for WWE Renee has tested positive For COVID-19 um, To everything that I've read so far She is okay um, But uh, like a lot of people In WWE, because there were multiple Cases reported um, I can't remember if we discussed it. Did you see that Kayla Braxton tested positive for uh COVID-19 and it's the second time she's tested positive for it?
1: Yeah. I saw that too.
0: That's that's insane. And and that really that really does raise some concerns about the safety of the people and performers in WWE if someone has tested twice positive for it. And then, um, you know, there was there was I think like a dozen people. They didn't reveal everyone, but some people revealed themselves, such as Adam Pierce and Renee Young and Caleb Braxton. Um, but like because of this, obviously John Moxley being in very close contact with his wife has to go into quarantine as well. So that was discovered. I believe it was discovered last Wednesday. So one week. Um, before uh, fighter fest's first night, so quarantine is fourteen days. That would put him out on night two. So they're probably like, eh, "It's a little too close. Let's push it back one week, and we'll go from there." So, um, K- uh, Taz comes out, and they're. Talking about that, and he makes a comment, like, he makes some comments about Moxley is just trying to duck them, basically, but he makes a comment about um uh, another company running a sloppy shop.
1: Yeah. You know,
3: and,
0: yeah, it was, it was a decent promo. Yeah. I'd actually missed it when we were watching the show, because I, I believe I was cooking dinner at the same time. Um, but I had watched the the promo in its entirety on the internet. Uh, yeah. the, the night after it happened. So,
1: yeah, it was a very good promo. I mean, like they couldn't have picked a better person to come out and do that with Cage.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I I, I think Taz is a smart manager for Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, so then we get into our main. We got Paige and Omega uh, facing the best friends who were delivered, legitimately delivered to um, the ringside area by Trent's mom. Um, And at first it was kind of like, well, is it really Trent's mom? But when then she like puts her head out the window and she's like, (laughs) Greggy, and and calls him back to the car, Trent's real name is Greg. So, Uh So it was legitimately Trent's mom. Uh, driving up to the uh you know ringside area in a minivan which they got out of and came to came to the ringside it was uh it like it, to me that's almost the epitome of this best friend like tag team/storyline slash cuz you know when you when you're young you got you and your best friend you're going to be taken places by your mom you know, that's the thing. You're, you're about to go get down to the business uh, of whatever you guys are planning on doing. And your mom is the one who's driving you there. And she's going to be embarrassing because she's going to, you know, like, got to make sure you get a kiss and all that kind of stuff. So I I, th- I thought that was a very, very well done uh, way to uh, bring them. Um, but uh, and then, you know, you got Paige and Omega coming out just kind of as normal. And the the match was very good. Um all of these guys are, are very talented. Um but like well I mean what are you what are, what were your thoughts on that?
1: Overall, you know, just another great match. Like just because of the quality of, of performers. I mean, like anytime that you have like Omega and Page in there, um and then, I mean, like, in, in Trenton and Chucky T are definitely no slouches either. But, like, I mean, there's there's always going to be moments where it's like, ooh, that, that could have been a little bit better, you know, or whatever. Um, for me, the scariest spot was uh, when uh, Omega got thrown into the guardrail and he, like, landed on his head. It was like, ooh, that looked rough. um. But, uh, again, like, like it, it, for as good as the matches were, like, I don't know, like, for me, like, I felt like this was an opportunity to change these titles. And I I, I feel like you've got two megastars in singles competitors that you're wasting being in held head. into the tag team, yeah, and yeah. and and you have a legitimate tag team that's never held championship gold. Did you see that hear that? Wait, what? So, like, it was referenced on AEW last week, and I don't know how true it is. Maybe you should go to the Google, but they said something along the lines of best friends have never held. Tag team championships to the Google,
0: Da-da-da-da-da. Chuck Taylor. It wouldn't. It wouldn't kind of surprise me because I, I don't think that they've. I think they've been friends for quite some time.
1: But um, but they've been tagging for a a long time though. Oh my god! I
0: I typed in Chuck Taylor and all about the converses. Uh,
1: but. Yeah, I
0: mean, they've been tagging, but don't forget, too, I mean, Trent, Trent for a long time was doing, um, New Japan, he was doing Roppongi Vice with, uh, um, Rocky Romero. True. So, I mean, that I, that was, that was quite some time that he had done that. Um, let's see here. I'm looking, he, tag team champion in Chikara, R.I.P. Chikara, um, Thanks, Quackenbush. Bastard. Bastard. Um Champion twice in Chicago with Johnny Gargano. Uh, King of Trios in Chicago. Well, that's not technically a tag team title. Uh, Evolve tag team title with Drew Galloway. Um, uh, USWO tag team championship with Slacker J. Yeah, he has never been. Oh, wait, wait. What is this? Dynamite Dumvirate Tag Team Title Tournament 2014 with Trent. But that so that was for Pro Wrestling Gorilla, but it doesn't list him as a Pro Wrestling Gorilla Tag Team Champion.
1: So they won the t- tournament, but it doesn't mean that they won the championship.
0: Yes. Yeah, so 2014 is what I said, yes? Yeah. 2014. The eighth DDT four was announced. On the official PWG Twitter, on December twentieth, took place on January thirty fourth. The reigning tag team champions, the Young Bucks, did not enter the tournament. So, despite the fact that they won the tournament, um, the since the champions were not in the tournament, they did not. Because I'm looking, apparently, the following year. The following year, they apparently made up for it because, um, look at this. For the first time, the PWG World Tag Team Championship changed hands in each round of the tournament. Huh. So, yeah, apparently they, like, in this tournament, the Tag Team Championships were defended on each of their, um,
2: uh, each of their matches. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, so with that being said, like, this would have been a perfect opportunity for them to, like, add a more, quote-unquote, high-profile Dynamite, which may have been a pay-per-view if it wasn't for, you know, whatever. And so, like... I felt like this was the opportunity for them, and I felt bad for Best Friends because I feel like they deserve that shot. If if SCU got to hold the belts, you know, you called it STU. Well, <laughs> it's I, SCU. I know SCU. If SCU got the opportunity to hold the belts, then I think Best Friends is should be right there with them. You know, and at least they're like a legitimate tag team
0: yeah and i and I will agree and and I will agree for majority for the for the next point that I'm gonna make is after the match after um Omega and page won, um f t r had come out to commentary to watch the match. I don't think they were i don't remember them actually commentating I think they, they were just they one.
1: weren't they were just drinking,
0: yeah, um, so they go in the ring and they take a couple beers with. And of course, like Paige, like snatches the beer out of one of their hands. Um, but they offer up beers to Omega and Paige, congratulating them on their tag team victory. Well, they cheers and it looks like everything's going to get a happy end. And I think Omega takes like a single sip. And then, no, he
1: didn't even, he didn't even, oh, he didn't take even a take sip. the
0: sip. Okay. He, he walks over to the side of the ring and proceeds to pour the beer out of the bottle. Uh, obviously this offends FTR. I, I honestly it offended Paige um, but I think more so the fact that <laughs> you know he was wasting beer um, you know they made a very big point about the fact that you know Paige drinks Omega is not a you know a drinker so um, so this offends FTR the Bucks come out try to separate them all and it kind of you start to see this divi- you, the, the divide of the elite that has been being teased is becoming more clear now because the way the camera is pointed at them, you have on the left side of Omega and the bucks and you have FTR and page like on opposite sides of each other. Now, obviously the the bucks coming, the bucks coming out because they don't want anything to happen. uh, You know, they're obviously friends with page and Omega and next week they have a eight man tag team match where they are teaming with the FTR versus the butcher, the blade and the Lucha brothers. Um, so it was, it was very interesting to kind of see, and here's like, we wouldn't have got that segment if they would have lost the belts admittedly, but you don't need the belts to be involved when it comes to the, when it comes to FTR and the elite, everyone wants to see that dang match happen period. And we're, it looks like they're teasing that we're going to get, um, we're going to get Page and Omega versus FTR first before we see Bucks versus FTR.
1: But you could have had it be even more subtle. Like, I mean, because to me, that shot at the end felt like it was like, yeah, we're going to set up, you know, two trios. You Mm -hmm. know? Like, and they're good trios. I like those trios. You know? Like,
0: and there is rumor, there is rumor of a six-man tag team championship being added because um, AEW does have a very deep tag team roster.
1: Yeah, um, well, that's, and that's what I'm saying is like, and you've already got Death Triangle, um, with Pack and the Lucha Brothers. You've got, um, huh?
0: I just said Pack.
1: Yeah um you've got you know lucha or jurassic express if you have this this pairing of omega and the box which you would just call the elite Mm -hmm. um and then i mean ftr and and hangman page it's like i i don't like them being in another tag team but if it's a single competitor and then a tag team then i guess it makes sense you know you're going to have that sort of dynamic True, but I, I, I'd like to I see. Mean, like, Page there's a with lot of there's a lot of trios. There's that, a, uh, a lot of
0: potential for it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't,
0: I don't honestly like to see Page with FTR more than seeing Page with Omega.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. Is that's what I'm saying? Is like the, you could have had that that thing or that setup be even more like you could have accomplished the exact same thing, right? By having so but so let's let's rewind time and we say best friends win they're celebrating right Mm -hmm. they go off they get into they get into mom's van mom's van orange cassidy shows up and they go hey mom take us to pizza hut you know (laughs) and and like you know dairy queen yeah or yeah or whatever and then they they drive off well so then your shot at the end is is Omega trying to console Paige. Paige shoves Omega away, walks up the ramp where FTR is waiting with a beer.
3: And then they walk off.
1: Yeah. How subtle. But, like, I think that, that would have been... The same thing would have been accomplished. You don't need to have them retaining the championships because again, it, it just holds the championships hostage. Because it's like, okay, these two guys are amazing competitors, but they hate each other, or you know, or the, they're mm-hmm. not getting along. You know, yeah. like uh, I I have never been a very big fan of the, hey, let's have two people that don't really like each other be tag team champions. And, like, espe-
0: and especially right now in the infancy of AEW, like you need. You know, I agree with the decision when when the AEW championship was first introduced. I agree with the decision putting it on Chris Jericho. For the simple fact that putting it on Chris Jericho and then e- even moving it to John Moxley afterwards that legitimizes the that title. These are former multi-time world champions. One of them is arguably one of the greatest wrestlers in the world and you know, future Hall of well in theory he's a future hall of famer if he does if he doesn't mess up his uh relationship there but it yeah. it, it won't it won't affect his legacy um so that legitimizes that world title right so you kind of need to do that with all of your championships and they've honestly kind of failed in the realm of the women's title, but they don't have any huge names for the women's champion, like the women's roster, like huge names. You know what I mean? So, well, yeah, I mean, we'll give them a pass on that one. Um, and for tag teams, it's not necessarily about star power. It's about being legitimate teams and giving it to SCU in the first, probably the smart plan, I think. Um, and then giving it to Page and Omega, I think they're trying to legitimize the titles because those are two big names that they just threw together. But it doesn't, it doesn't work. Well, in, in the regard of it,
1: legitimizing it. it, it feels like a slap in the face to all of the very legitimate tag teams that you have on that roster because, you know, like the fact that FTR is there. The young bucks are there. The Lucha Brothers are there. The Hybrid Two, which are still amazing, they don't get enough credit. Um, Dark Order, Yeah, you know, Dark Orders there. I mean, like you've got like a very very deep tag division, mm-hmm. which I mean, I would welcome that trio's champion.
0: Which I've actually got a beef when it comes to the Dark Order. Like next week they announced, I can't remember who they're facing, but the the Dark Order is going to be facing, in a trios action, another team. But it's the team of Brody Lee. Uh, Oh, is it SCU? Okay. Yeah. Um, But it's the team of Brody Lee, um, Stu Grayson, and Colt Cabana. Why is it not Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, and Colt Cabana? Or Brody Lee, Preston, and Colt Cabana? Like, I get that you're trying to further this whole angle with Colt Cabana being added into it there. But... The, the the makeup of the team doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So, I don't know. Anyways, that's AEW. Um, we're not going to hit the hour mark, unfortunately, because uh, we're six minutes away from it, if I uh, wrote down my time correctly. so. Um, but uh, let's try to keep it to about an hour and a half, maybe. We'll go through some NXT here. Um, so, the first match on the Great American Bash was the number one contendership for... The women's championship. Um, even though they haven't said when she's gonna get that title uh opportunity, um, but uh it was an elimination match and Tegan Knox is the new number one contender for the women's title. Um, what did you think about this match overall?
1: Uh I mean it highlighted the women very well. Um like, four
0: very talented women, yeah, no matter I mean, what Jansen says.
1: Okay. <laughs> I just I mean I I just didn't see the star power there, that's all. Um but anyway, like I, I think that it I think that it was a very solid match. It was good to see Tegan so pick up the win. Um and I, I hope that I hope that uh it ends up with her winning the championship.
0: I I would agree. Sadly, I don't think it will just because I think they're not gonna take the title off EO so quickly. Um, but I mean, that also might be why they didn't announce when the defense will happen. Um, it could be one of those things, you know, um, they had a conference call, uh, on Wednesday morning with the entirety of the NXT UK brand. Um, uh, they, they suspended Joe coffee. Did you see that? Yeah. Uh, Joe coffee has been suspended for allegations around the speaking out movement. Um, and they fired two referees from the UK brand because of it but they did tell the entire staff of the UK brand that um the ball is rolling um and we'll be back soon so that's good if they i, I think when they when covid originally started um like becoming an issue they postponed takeover dublin to um August, that was the date they moved it to. Now, August might still be a pipe dream, but if Tegan Knox is the number one contender for the uh, Women's Championship and they want a little extra star power, like a little extra boost on that show to get people to watch it since the UK brand won't have been, you know, we're going on three months now of the UK brand not airing a show. uh, They might have EO defend against Knox at takeover Dublin. Um just you know, obviously Tegan Knox is not from Dublin, but she's from the UK, so give her the quote unquote home fieldish advantage. So yeah. but yeah, I don't I don't necessarily think they'll the they'll, they'll EO will drop the title to her. It just kind of depends on how long they drag out until they actually have the championship match. Um Obviously, Veronica wanted Dakota Kai to win, which I wouldn't have had a problem with. And I thought they made Kai look very strong. Um, LeRae was kind of, you know, bumped out early. And then um, Kai got, like, a quick pin on Mia Yim to get rid of her. So it ended up being Knox and Kai in the end. But Kai didn't come out with Raquel Gonzalez, which has been what they've been doing. And, of course, she's been helping her win matches and things of that nature. So to to showcase her in this type of match, get as far as she did in the type of match, even though she ended up losing without her enforcer, I think actually spoke very well for her and the development of, you know, her character. So, but it was, uh, I thought it was a very good match overall as well. Um, I, I didn't really have a, like the, the least optimal choice for me, would have been Candice LeRae, but I didn't have a problem with any of them winning honestly. So. And again, I don't necessarily think they're going to drop the title off of uh EO uh to any one of those women. So at least not right away. Yeah. Um then we got uh Timothy Thatcher faced Oni Lorcan, um and my god, you want to talk about a hard-hitting match. This is the exact opposite of Harkar Ishida versus Penelope Ford. I mean, these two tore into each other
1: yeah I was legitimately afraid for their lives <laughs> but,
0: uh, but i but th- i i think I think you're gonna get that with most only Lorcan matches like dude does not hold dude does not hold back it doesn't matter who you are dude doesn't hold back he's 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 gonna slap you and he's gonna try to make it as loud as humanly possible so but it it, it was a very a very hard hitting and at the same time very technical match. Did you did you kind of feel that out? Yeah, as well? I did. Yeah, and and that's kind of the opposite of Oni's mo. But it it shows that like the character can adapt to his surroundings because Thatcher is obviously very technically sound. So it, uh, I thought it came off very well. Um. And then you had uh, Rhea Ripley facing Robert Stone and Aaliyah in a handicap match. And if she lost, she'd have to join the Robert Stone brand. Now, Robert Stone used to wrestle as Robbie E. In uh, the late part of TNA slash early impact. And he was basically like this jersey character. Like, complete with, you know, Paulie D poop on his head looking haircut. Um, for anyone who knows me, I think Paulie D looks like he's got a giant turd on his head when his hair is all made up. Anyways, just enjoy that visual. Um, <laughs> and dude dude is actually really talented. But, um, I'm sorry, I don't like Paulie D. My bad. I'm um, getting messages from my wife who's sitting behind me. Um, But anyways, so he's actually very talented. Um, I've seen a lot of his matches uh, from that time period. Um, His character was annoying as hell, but talented. Um, His character in WWE, obviously, is strictly the manager thing. um, And he had signed Chelsea Green, and then she fired him. And miraculously, she fired him, quote-unquote. And she disappeared from TV, but he's still on TV. So... Who really fired who? Eh. Um, but he's picked up Aaliyah as a client now. And Aaliyah who's been in the developmental system for years. Like, I remember you remember Breaking Ground on yeah. Network? That was that was one of the first shows they brought to the network. So that was like five, six years ago at this point. And she was on that show. Like, I remember like in episode two or three of that show she finally got her ring name because her real name is like Noof or something like that. Um, You know, she made a big deal. She was having a conversation with Nia Jax and she's like, I finally got my ring name. It's Aaliyah. And you know, she's been seen intermittently on TV here and there, but now they're like doing something with her. They're pushing her in this uh position of being Robert Stone's new client. But of course, they picked a fight with the nightmare and just for, for someone who's been in the developmental system for as long as she, she has been, I would honestly hope that she would be a little bit more solid in the ring. She's not awful by any means, but I, I don't feel like she's very solid either. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and of course, Rhea Ripley is still one of the hottest females in wrestling right now, anyways. So they have this weird handicap match. And, you know, of course, Ripley's just dominating the two of them when it comes to power. Uh, she ends up locking in, what does she call it? The prism trap?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um,
0: which is her standing, like, inverted cloverleaf thing that she does with her arm she locks them both in it at the same time which is very impressive and uh, doesn't have to join his stupid stable <laughs> although I'm sure it's not the end this is not the end of it right now with obviously the women's championship kind of being having its thing going on that storyline's probably going to continue a little while longer um, do you have any thoughts about the match
1: I mean, it was just feels like it's just together. I feel like Rhea's got some control to do other things. Like why? I mean, I'm glad to see. uh, I'm happy to see Aaliyah finally getting some some opportunities, but it's like, what? Like, let's just go ahead and you know waste. Like
3: the like best push
0: in the last year. Yeah. I mean, you know, they they got a lot of moving parts and if they were really concerned that Io Shirai was gonna dip and they wanted to keep her, um, obviously getting giving her the title is incentive to sign, you know, a new contract or anything like that. So Yeah. Um but yeah. No, I wouldn't disagree. I think I think Ripley was better than that but at least it's something for now. Yeah. I mean there were there were three ma- there were three women matches on Night 1 and she was showcased in that in that middle part which that middle part is arguably the most important part because that's when people are going to start getting uh you know kind of thing. So yeah. Putting putting her in that position was still smart um and then you got uh dexter loomis faced roderick strong in a strap match the first ever strap match um and just some of the some of the times like he was like you know i always say that we don't deserve kyle o'reilly because of the way he sells certain things just so insanely well um I, i tell you what uh Kyle was definitely part par, uh, giving some tips to Strong. I think during this match because some of the times where Loomis would like yank him using the strap, just to make it look like Dexter has like this um un- ungodly strength. Just the way he was selling it all was I-, I thought was fantastic. Yeah, but I mean strap matches for me are aren't. I don't. I don't think they're incredibly entertaining. I don't want to say they're open because they're really not. But it's it's just literally a leather strap that is tied to each person, um, and and you can use it legally as a weapon. And I don't recall
1: specifically
0: them really using the strap like as a whip during any of that match. No. So and 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 it's nice that they didn't do that. Because traditionally that's what happens. One of them will get the other on the ground, and he'll like ball up some of the strap, and then like use it like a whip, and just like start whipping uh, the other person. So uh, I mean, it was nice to see them doing some fresh stuff. But what do you think of the match?
1: I I love Dexter Loomis.
0: He's so freaking creepy.
1: I love it. Like <laughs> I love I I love it. Like it's I mean, and strong. Strong is such a very good wrestler,
3: like, mm-hmm.
1: like I mean, overall, a very, very good wrestler. And I, I was gonna say strong wrestler, but I didn't want to use it. <laughs> but like, he's he's great. Like, and I mean, his selling in that match was was top notch. So it was it was good to see. Um, and good to see was picking up a win, especially after he lost the match. So obviously, probably gonna set up the wrong match, but
0: hmm they'll probably do something weird like a um uh an ambulance match but instead of an ambulance match it'll be a trunk match the the first person <laughs> to put you know the, their opponent in the trunk because that because that's like you know that is that is the you know the phobia yeah. and they played up to it by uh my god like the biggest the biggest trunk in a dodge viper ever uh, <laughs> you know, they, they played up to that because, you know, with all the uh, therapy meetings for Strong, you know, the, the UE putting him in the trunk to get over his fear, and then Loomis teasing the idea that he was going to throw him in the trunk of that Viper during their match. I feel like that's going to be their not so, uh, ab- you know, or like their pretty obvious conclusion is that the The winner is going to put the uh, opponent in their trunk and shut it. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, I, th- I think I think that's definitely not over. <clears throat> and I think once that is over, I think Loomis will move on to uh, other member, uh, you know, another member. um, potentially depending on what happens next week, we'll see. I, I know the. Well, we'll come back to it here in a second, but I know that the spoiler is already out there and if I remember correctly, you have seen it. Um, I'm sorry you it. saw it.
1: Uh I it was I mean, it wasn't a, I wasn't trying to see it. It just <laughs> yeah. It's
0: like boom, there it is.
1: Yeah, I'm like oh well. That's good to know.
0: Yeah. Um I still think I still think that you'll be pleased with the match anyways, just because uh this is a match I think
1: we all want to see. So, yeah. No, no spoiler I mean, there's not, no doubt. be awesome. Yeah, there's no doubt that it's going to be a great match.
0: And, and this will solidify, like, honestly, I think this will solidify AEW or uh, NXT taking the ratings war next week as well. Um, AEW did lose to NXT in overall viewership, they didn't, they won in the key demographic. Um, but they did lose to NXT in overall viewership this week, um, and that was that was a pretty evenly stacked card. I think when you figure in the fact that there was no title matches on NXT, and there were three title matches on AEW. Yeah. Um. And then, but next week, next week would have been like a, a true factor, I think. But now that the world title match is not taking place, uh, on Fighter Fest next week. And the NXT Championship match is—I can't—I can't imagine there's much that AEW is going to do that will not solidify. You know what? People flopping over.
1: You know what I figured out? What? Renee Young is a spy. Oh. She's sabotaging AEW.
0: <laughs> they purposely gave her the COVID to yeah. sabotage AEW.
1: Yeah. I hope to, I hope she's all right.
0: Veronica disapproves of your conspiracy theory.
1: Uh, I, I don't know. But, yes, we
0: wish Renee Young all the best in her recovery. Um, but, yeah, uh, they did announce that Private Party, since they beat Santana and Ortiz, they will get a shot at Paige and Omega next week uh, for the tag titles. Obviously, they have to do something to kind of get that card a little bit stacked up more. Um, so throwing a title match on there makes sense. But, um, so the last match on NXT this week was, uh, Io Shirai facing Sasha Banks in a non title match. And, um,
3: definitely, like,
0: saw shades of NXT Sasha Banks coming back. Um, before she was known as the botch machine, kind of, um, like I, I felt like this was a a very solid match, and I didn't think these two would mesh very well together. Just um, you know, because EO seems, I know, I know that she's talented, but her matches seem very flip floppy yeah. on how solid they are. But I thought, I thought they actually did a really good job together, and. Um, you know, having Bailey out there is like Sasha's little cheerleader is entertaining. Um, Heal Bailey is great. I don't care what anyone says, Heal Bailey's great. And, uh, and then, uh, Asuka showing up to save EO, um, which makes sense storyline wise because obviously Sasha's going after, uh, Oscar's championship, but like, it, it's it's pretty widely known that those two did not get on in Japan like one of the reasons why WWE waited so long to sign EO was Oscar was in NXT and they didn't want to upset Oscar by bringing her in so it was it was it was real it was real like weird seeing Oscar save EO and then celebrate with her after the match so, I don't know. Times change. People can bury the hatchet, right? Yeah. So, But, yeah, Well, I mean, what was, what was your thoughts on Shirai versus Banks?
1: Uh, I mean, I feel like, yeah, like, I mean, it, there was something that was a bit different about this Banks than we had seen, like, SmackDown or Raw recently. It's just, I don't know, like, I mean, I don't know if it's just, like, they they give her a little bit more leeway to kind of do what she needs to do, you know, or whatever. But, I mean, overall, that match was was really, really well done. So, um, Mm -hmm. and, I mean, it it would even set up, like, a nice feud, like, Shirai and Asuka going after the tag titles if they wanted to go that route. So, I mean, I, I like the, where they went.
2: Yeah.
0: So yeah, but that was uh that was NXT there. Um so yeah, a couple random other notes uh from things. The So Impact uh fired Tessa Blanchard, their world champion, stripped her of the title. Um I don't think we got a chance to cover that at all yet. I think I mentioned it to you, but yeah. um apparently uh not necessarily afraid of covid per se, but um she lives in mexico uh she is engaged to uh daga i think yeah. it is yeah, and he wasn't um doesn't work for impact or wasn't scheduled for any of the tapings or anything like that, so it required her to travel solo and she was unwilling to travel because I guess their wedding is coming up and she did not want to get, um, she did not want to risk being banned from traveling back into the country and missing the wedding. So that's why she's been holding out apparently from going to uh, tapings. Well, impact finally had enough of it and terminated her contract and stripped her of the world championship as a result of it. Um, so now they're going to have a three-way at their pay-per-view between, or four-way between Ace Austin. Um, God, I don't even remember. Let's see. Impact, slam, because that's coming up here in three, three weeks on the 18th. Um, it is going to be Ace Austin, Eddie Edwards, Trey and uh, a competitor be announced. Now, this was originally supposed to be a five-way match for Blanchard's world title, uh, including Blanchard and Michael Elgin. Um, well, they fired Blanchard, and they suspended Elgin. He was named in the uh, uh, speaking out movement. So, um, But anyways, the reason why I bring this up, we don't normally talk about Impact a whole lot because there's usually nothing actually entertaining happening there. But Tessa Blanchard being terminated, Apparently, she does because of the termination. The way it went down, she doesn't have a no compete clause. Um, and apparently, after passing on her a couple of years ago, the W is after her now. Vinnie Mac is uh, has uh, sent some uh, people her way to speak about um, possibly joining the W again. Um, I guess AEW has also been in contact. Uh, Booker T's gone on record stating that um, her smarter decision is AEW. I don't know. What What are your thoughts here on Tessa Blanchard?
1: Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like it... I'm not sold on Tessa Blanchard. I, I wasn't sold on the fact that they pushed her to the moon to try to have that, like, first woman woman being a main champion uh deal. Like I don't know I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't sold. Um mm-hmm. and I mean and, and just from like what I've like like there's been like issues with uh like with her and people in the back. I I think that she she would probably be lost in the crowd if she came to WWE I think as much as like you know like she could get a push or she would start off in NXT and you know and could do that. I just don't I mean if you look at the women's divisions I mean if she goes to AEW Tessa Blanchard's going to be she, she'll be pushed. Like she'll mm-hmm. be she'll be top billing. You know like
0: and they would they would probably actually recognize that she Held a, a a men's world championship,
1: yeah. Whereas
0: WWE's not going to recognize that. They they'll say rec- that she's a champ, been a champion, but they won't yeah. recognize that.
1: Yeah, and you know the fact that her dad's there.
0: Yeah that that also would speak to the idea that maybe that's a good place for her too.
1: Well, especially too considering that you know like the history that's there yeah and it's like oh and, that, and not even
0: not even just her dad i mean uh Arn's there now too so well yeah
1: well, what i'm saying is like like aew is 100 percent like just crockett promotions re- like reincarnated mm-hmm. and like i think that she would do better there yeah, I mean WWE is probably going to throw money at her to keep her from going there.
0: And that, but... that'll be the thing is, will how much is WWE willing to throw at her to keep her from going there? Um, you know, obviously a couple months ago they freed up a bunch of money, so um, they may be willing to throw some big, big name money at her.
1: Um, but kind again, of I, on... I feel like I feel like there's nothing that's going to ha- have her stand apart. You know, you've already got that second generation, like superstar in Charlotte, you know, like, mm. and Tessa Blanchard is just going to look like a poor man's Charlotte.
3: Kind of. Yeah.
1: You know, like, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, she would, she
3: personally would do better than Aiden. Yeah.
0: I would agree I would agree. Yeah. Um Did you see that uh WWE finally picked up uh, evolve?
3: Yes. I did. Yeah, they've been
0: uh they've been struggling financially for a little while. Um that's part of the reason why they kind of entered that working relationship with WWE is cuz there's some kickback, you know, for them. Um WWE's given them promotion, obviously. They promoted a lot of their Prior to COVID, um, on WWE, you know, um, like programming and social medias, uh, including including even showing an actual Evolve pay per view on the network at one point. Yeah. Um, I think that I think this is a smart move for both companies. Evolve can now be like Evolve could essentially become now what NXT used to be, where it's the actual developmental ground yeah since nxt is now like the third brand evolve could become the third like the developmental brand yeah. and get our i mean that's where that's where a lot of these you know people have been coming from anyways like they've been using a lot of the evolve talent like leon ruff um austin theory came from evolve um you know matt riddle was involved in evolve for a while same with you gallic uh you know there, there's a lot of talent that's come from them and and gabe uh I can't pronounce his name, Sobloski. Yeah. Uh, um, The owner of Evolve has been working with WWE for years. So, like, it was was honestly a natural progression um, that it was going to happen at some point. Um, Nice thing is that they, uh, from what I understand, they acquired all talent contracts, which obviously they'll make decisions on those after the fact. That was just kind of lumped in. Um, All the names and rights to all the trademarks as well as the entire tape library, so we could see the entire evolved on uh w w e network before the end of the year. Mm. You should give me something else to go watch, yeah, not that i don 't already have enough wrestling to watch, but not you know, we don't
1: have thousands of hours to watch
0: yeah <laughs> but um so yeah the final final thing I want to talk about real quick uh so new Japan has started again um, new japan um they took a they took a big stance about doing these empty, you know being against these empty arena shows um when all of this happened and then sure enough here now they're doing empty arena shows uh but whatever it, you know it takes it does take a per, you know a big type of person to admit when you are quote unquote wrong i don't necessarily think they were wrong i don't necessarily think that the empty arena shows need to happen but they realize that there's an opportunity for them to continue uh, perpetuating their brand by doing these empty arena shows um, going forward um, mm-hmm. so they've been running for a couple weeks now uh, they actually went through their entire New Japan Cup tournament which is one of their yearly tournaments they have like four yearly tournaments um, the New Japan Cup is pretty straightforward it's just a single person or single elimination tournament I think there are 16 people and the winner is going to get a title shot well, we're down to the finals, which is going to happen sometime in the next week, I think, and um, it's come down to Kazuchika Okada, uh, you know, the the quote unquote big star of New Japan, and uh, Evo...
1: Overrated. You shut Overrated. your mouth. Overrated.
0: I'll kill you. Um, but yeah, so it's gonna it's gonna come down to Okada versus finals uh and the winner of that will face uh reigning heavyweight and intercontinental champion um tetsuya naito at Dominion which happens next Saturday on uh seven twelve. So um I think more than likely Okada will win. Uh, and that'll put a big main event feel on that title match for Dominion because Dominion is one of their bigger pay per views traditionally. So, um, and that'll be another feather in the cap of Okada. Uh, not that he necessarily needs any more. I don't think he's overrated like some people on this show, but, um, he, he does, you know, he has a lot of accomplishments in Japan. So, um, but yeah I th- I think it's really cool that they're running again. Um they've also announced two other title matches. Um the never openweight title. Uh Shingo Takagi is defending against Show from Roppongi 3K. Apparently Show's tag team partner Yo is uh, injured right now, so he's kind of going out it solo. So it's nice that they're, you know, you know, tag team one of them's injured we're just going to shelf you at So the same time you're tonight. telling
1: me you're telling me that Show Lost yo, so he has to go solo,
0: exactly. <laughs> uh, yes.
1: Um,
0: I mean, realistically, like, he, he, if Rocky Romero wasn't focused on, like, Rocky Romero is one of the head people behind New Japan of America, mm. um, probably could just really lace up his boots and continue wrestling as a tag team, but you know they're trying this out. So, and then, uh, tag team champions, golden ace, uh, Hir- Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi are going to be defending against Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. Um, which is just a really weird, pair- weird pairing. I-, I know they're both part of, uh, chaos. Um, so they're in the same stable. So it kind of makes sense in that regard, but I don't know. It's just kind of weird. I'm not a huge Zack Sabre Jr. fan anyways. I like Taichi. Uh, or Tashi, or however you pronounce it. But yeah. So, Dominion's uh, a week away, and they're shaping up a little bit there. I'm sure there's going to be all kinds of announcements to fill this card up in uh, over the course of the next seven days. So nice. We're starting to get back to a semblance of normal. Um Ring of Honor, I think, is the only one still holding out in terms of not doing anything at the moment. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what they decide to do. I mean, yeah. COVID is kind of ramping up a little bit again, uh, unfortunately. Um, so they yeah. they might still be willing to just kind of sit on it. But as as one of the companies that has like the lowest amount of fundage, like how long can you survive without doing something? You know? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so we are just under an hour and 30 minutes, um, which is still impressive for us. So uh, you got anything else you want to add or talk about real
1: quick before we take off? Um, not really, no.
0: All right. Well, there you have it. Um thank you all for listening to us. We do appreciate it. If you did like our show again, please uh subscribe or rate or whatever your podcast app allows you to do for us. Um we do appreciate it. Uh, we want to keep uh I mean, we're we're going to keep doing this no matter what, but we appreciate you coming and listening to us. It makes us makes us feel special. You know what I mean? So, uh-huh. But um, you can, uh, again, i uh, go through it again. Uh, you can find us on social media. Search The Reality Check on Facebook. You can also follow us on Instagram at reality underscore check underscore wrestling podcast. You can also fi- follow me on my personal Twitter at Legion Cage. Um, again, I do some streaming on the side. Uh, I've been streaming Saints Row with my buddy Skeledud. And I've been streaming Final Fantasy. Um, you can find me at twitch.tv slash Legion Cage. That's L-E-G-I-O-N-K-A-J-E. Or you can search me on YouTube. I've been putting my videos for Final Fantasy up. Just search Legion Cage. Um, again, big thank you to our streaming friends who uh, sponsor our show, Dragon Lily 21 and Skeledud. You can find both of them on Twitch if you search them. Uh, greatly appreciate you again listening. You all have a fantastic 4th of July. Be safe out there, uh, not just with you know the obvious stuff that we've been dealing with over the past couple of months with COVID, but don't blow your hand off.
1: Yeah, unless keep all the digits.
0: Yeah, unless you're maybe my neighbor that has been shooting his fireworks a little too close to my house and scaring the poop out of my dog and cats. So, I, okay. I may have, I may have wished him to blow his hand off last night a couple times.
1: Wow, aggressive, yeah.
0: a little bit. I don't like him. I can't help it. it ain't my fault. Okay. All right. <laughs> my dog don't like him either. He doesn't. He doesn't growl at anyone. As soon as he sees him, like walking out and like around his car out there, uh... dog does not like growl at anyone at all. Anyways. Anyways, thank you all again. Greatly appreciate it. Happy Fourth of July. Take care.